All right. Welcome to this Wednesday. And uh, let's get into this. You know, we're talking about trust in the media. It's kind of bottom of the barrel these days. And uh, it comes at a time when the liberals declare that the media needs more government money to solve what? Let me bring in Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. Good to have you, Tom. So, yes, um, it seems like um, Heritage Minister Pablo Rodriguez seems that the um, reporting on the Freedom Convoy was so good that, yeah, they deserve more money. And so he was talking to this Canada 2020 Ottawa think tank, which is uh, affiliated with the Liberal Party, and they were discussing the future of news. And Pablo Rodriguez thinks it's better. It's a good idea to give more subsidies. He made some really unfortunate comments, but that wasn't the most striking part. The most striking part, Alex, this was a a webcast, it was a webinar, with a bunch of reporters, none of whom reported on it. Can you imagine? (laughs) Uh, Not insignificantly, most of the panelists were recipients of federal subsidies. If you wanted an illustration of the corrupting influence of public money, in private mm-hmm. media, it, it was it played out in this absolutely just dreadful webinar. Well, what was it about? Uh, the minister says, you know, there could be even more government help for media. We're looking at it. He said, but but we need to bring in an online news act. Online news act. <laughs> it actually yeah. has a title. <laughs> To combat disinformation, I wonder who's going to define disinformation. I bet it will be Minister Rodriguez and his flunkies in the press gallery. And then he goes on to express gratitude for their coverage of the Freedom Convoy. It was jaw-dropping, and that's how far down the rabbit hole we are. The doubt is now normalized, that you would have a cabinet minister thanking the boys, giving Mm -hmm. them an attaboy for their Freedom Convoy coverage. And by the way, I could have a nice little Christmas bonus for you. (laughs) It was spectacular. Yeah, you know, but this is the problem because, you know, the big wig, like, Global didn't get any of that subsidy money. I mean, we get all painted with the same brush. You guys don't get that subsidy money. Um, I think it undermines the the industry. Um, there's ways you can help the media. You can tell the CBC to stop taking ad revenue. Uh, you can work with the social media companies to make sure they pay for their, their what they take of content. There are lots of ways that they can help the media without undermining it. But making, you know, big payments to, um, and, and those bonuses which go, I think, to a lot of the executives upstairs. I mean, it, look, it doesn't help us gain trust back in the media. I, but I, I take this even further. Uh, and I say this working in a shop that has neither solicited nor accepted any subsidies, that's not the government's problem. Just get out of the newsroom. If there's a problem with any industry, whether it's news media or coal mining or copper smelting, just get the hell out because they don't have any expertise. Subsidies don't help. That's not why people pay taxpayers' dollars. Just run the prisons, the Navy, and fix the roads. They can't even manage a mask warehouse. That's enough of that. It is not government's problem, and they're just going to screw it up anyway, Alex. And God bless them. (laughs) Pablo did a great job on this Future of Journalism webinar.
Yeah, no, uh, and it's something to be watching because there's things happening before the House and Parliament Bill C-11, all these things, which I'll be uh, talking more in depthly about tomorrow, that uh, should be getting coverage. And they just aren't because there's so many distractions with uh, the situation in Ukraine uh, right now. But it kind of, it goes into a different story, which I, I, I kind of thought this was a joke at the beginning, but um, there's this journalism under siege seminar that was held at Carleton University, which again, anytime you say journalism, journalism under siege, I, I kind of laugh at it. But there was this panel discussion that was all about their coverage of the Freedom Convoy. Um, they didn't have anybody from the right. They didn't have anybody kind of outside of Ottawa at this thing. But um, CBC reveals that, yes, they all had security guards to protect every single reporter that was covering this thing. You couldn't even go out to cover it if there was no security guard um, with them. Um, that That's crazy because, of course, it's taxpayer paid. But I didn't see any violence. And I have covered a lot a lot of protests that were very violent, be it uh, G20, uh, Caledonia, a lot of them. And if a private company wants to pay for that stuff, that's fine. And there is a need for it sometimes, but not at this thing. But can you imagine, uh, in in the instance, can you imagine, you're no. absolutely right, there was no silence, uh, violence, there was no physical altercations. Uh, one, a reporter was pushed, uh, there were no injuries. Everyone was safe or like unhappy. Can yeah. you imagine the CBC saying, we wanted to cover that Black Lives Matter protest on Parliament Hill, but we couldn't hire enough security guards because we didn't want to send a re- single reporter unaccompanied by a security guard into the Black Lives Matter protest. Could you imagine the reaction? How long would it take for that news assignment editor to be fired on the spot? It was a mindset. Alex, the prime minister said these were uh, marginal people with unacceptable views. Mm. The uh, message was given that these were uh, dangerous uh, Nazi insurrectionists, seditionists, people bent on violence and overthrowing government. Well, it had to be so. The Minister of Public Safety said so. And then uh, I'm sorry to say there were media outlets that adopted that mentality. Did it affect their coverage? Of course it did. Uh, Alex, I work... But we're not that wimpy. I work in the middle of of the Freedom Convoy. It was like uh, a day at the county fair. It was happy families. It was barbecues. It was people listening to music and speeches and expressing a grievance against their government. I didn't see the security issue. Interestingly, the number of convoy protesters arrested for any physical altercation with a, a member of the media was zero. It was not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, look, I, I've covered criminals, I've been pushed, I've been slapped, I've had urine thrown on me, I've had a billiard ball thrown at me, a glass bottle. I mean, it, it, it is part of the job that you're going to get yourself into situations that are not always friendly. But I'm sorry, but they're they're sounding like a bunch of, of babies. Um, and then you've got this story that you guys have been digging up on the chief archivist, uh, Leslie Weir, who's been under fire for personally re- re- ordering the removal of thousands of pages of content, historical content deemed offensive, following complaints from 
the Toronto Star. And then she goes out in public saying, no, 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 we didn't purge offensive records. But now you guys have found these internal emails where managers at this National Archives were were exchanging profane emails, basically saying what, like, I can't even say the language, but they were so, like, offended and perplexed that they were being told to kind of erase things like the webpage celebrating John A. Macdonald. I mean, they were perplexed themselves at what they were being asked to do. And using uh, the F-bomb in uh, reaction to a public outcry. You know, uh, the archives uh, represents the really the national treasure of a G7 right. country. Hey, this is no Smithsonian. Take my word for it. I've worked with the archives. I know these people. And we see over a thousand pages of records and emails. And they're frankly inept handling on a a protest, as you mentioned, from a single Toronto Star reporter. This was the heyday of the That's decapitation crazy. of statues. It was crazy, Alex. And you have this reporter down in Toronto, and he's scrolling through their web pages, and he says, I'm looking at the John A. Macdonald page. There's nothing about residential schools. Oh, look at this bit here about Wilfrid Laurier. I don't see anything about the Chinese. There's not enough grievance for minorities to satisfy this reporter for the Toronto Star. What is Chief Archivist Leslie Weir's reaction? On a Saturday, she goes to pieces, and she orders web coders, I want you to start taking down web pages left and right, and it was I, I, boss. And they did that. The manager of online services was incredulous. We can see in internal emails. Alex, how tough can this job be? You're preserving the nation's archives, as we were saying the other day. Your job is literally to make sure that nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. That is your function as an Document archivist. our history. You can't imagine a job with less stress attached to it. How could they screw this up? But they did. Guess who's responsible yeah. for the National Archives? The Department of Canadian Heritage, the Press Subsidy Board. Yes. You see the pattern? Yeah. Well, eight <laughs> life grant. Yeah, well, but it does, like, we can laugh about it, but it just really then begs the question what else is being destroyed or altered, facts changed, and whitewashing of our, of our history, whether it's offensive or not? It does start to beg the question like, what else is happening that we just don't know about? And you're also driving people who simply want information. What, what was the date of Prime Minister Alex McKenzie's second term? All, the, mm. all you're doing is driving it to people to Wikipedia. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you control the Internet, but, but you see this pattern over and over, especially through that department. It's government yeah. overreach w layered with complete stupidity and ineffectuality. You say, oh, that's Ottawa. That's Ottawa, my town. Yeah, well, enjoy your town. Um, well, I I will look forward to seeing the next chapter in this story, but uh, something tells me that uh, the chief archivist is not really enjoying her job these days. But uh, stay on it. I appreciate that. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Alex. That's Tom Korski, managing editor and Black Locks reporter. And, of course, it is subscription-based and uh, worth every penny because they get the stories that no one else is looking for.